Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you so much for joining us for episode number 103 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co. CPAs. We are so excited to welcome a special guest on today's episode. I think you all are going to really love him. And before I introduce him, I'm going to tease it a little bit. I got to introduce Katina Peters, one of our partners here, virtual CFO. How are you doing this morning, Katina? Doing good, Megan. Thanks for asking. I'm really excited about our guest too. It's really cool to have people that have alignment with some of our core values and kind of what we try to encapsulate in our company as well as help our clients to capture in life. So I'm excited about that conversation and what he has to offer to it. Me too. So I won't tease y'all anymore. So we are super excited to welcome a soul life balance expert, Sam Kabert. He is a serial entrepreneur turned spiritual seeker, and was actually named Silicon Valley's 40 Under 40 list. He's a podcaster and number one best-selling author, and we can't leave out Golden Retriever Lover. <laughs> I feel like that's an important <laughs> aspect of your personality. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Katina. I appreciate you both having me and excited to get rolling. Yeah, awesome. So like Katina said, the, the reason that we found you, I was actually listening to a podcast with you and Dana Malstaff, actually, Boss Mom. And I had found it, I think, through Instagram or something and just kind of searching the work-life balance realm and trying to find some other people in this in this world. And your conversation with her was really cool and just aligned with the way that we operate. We're a virtual CPA firm and we've been around since 2015. And one of the big parts of our culture is that work-life balance because in that industry, I don't know if you're familiar with the accounting industry, but it's very popular, or I guess it's common practice, especially during tax season for there to be 60, 70, 80 hour work weeks. And our partners spend all this time getting their education, building up their careers. And then when you have a family, it's like, well, how do I do both of these things now? You know, because I love what I'm doing. I love what I'm able to provide to my clients, but I also love my family. Like I need this balance. I can't be just at the office all the time. So when I heard that conversation between you and Dana, it seemed to align a lot with that part of our culture. And I thought that was interesting. So I wanted to speak to you a little bit about your journey and how you fell into this world because I know you didn't always exist in this like work-life balance area. Yeah, absolutely. We'll try to keep it brief because the long yeah. version, <laughs> very long, but the short version is similar to you both uh, being virtual. I have a company that I started in college that's now known as Swagworks. It's been in business for about 11 years and around 2017, I think it, January, 2017, I started my first podcast and that's when I got serious in working with virtual assistants and freelancers because I had tried previously for years and I like to joke that I failed a lot. And the reason was because 
man, it's been a while since I've talked about this, but it was like, I expected the VAs and freelancers to be able to read my mind and be like a magical solution. You know what I mean? And the other side of it was uh, like magical elves, right? Working whatever. What I realized through starting my podcast was I absolutely need to figure it out in terms of working with VAs. Cause before it was like, going to the candy store and filling up on samples. I would go on Fiverr and pay five bucks for something silly that I didn't need and didn't really care about. And it was like, eh, mm. it's whatever. And kind of when you go to the candy store and you get the five finger discount of those uh, taffies and then you end up buying something because you feel bad, then you leave. And then you're like, oh, well, that wasn't that good. That's exactly what happened with me with VAs initially with Fiverr. But then when I started the podcast, after learning how to do the audio editing, I was like, this is a waste of my time and I'm not even good at it. Now I want to hone this skill. I don't enjoy it. I wanted to create a website. I'm not good at graphic design, but my industry, I'm always working with logos and I'm, I'm very much in the branding industry. So immediately I found a web designer, an audio editor and a graphic designer and I, it was off to the races. And then later that year, I was scaling my business and I just hired my second employee full time and she wasn't cutting it. She wasn't working out. And, you know, it's hard if it's the first person that you need to let go in business. And I had to let her go. And then about two weeks later, my right hand man put his two weeks in after being with us for like three years. Yeah. Yeah. So. I like to joke I did what all great entrepreneurs do. And that night I ordered a a pizza and I got a six pack of beer and I was like, I'm not going to bed till I figure this out. And I made a lot lot of phone calls and things like that, talking to peers and a lot of soul searching, if you will. And that's why I made the conscious decision to go to a freelancer based business model. And that was the biggest difference. That was probably about the fall of 2017. And I wasn't working that much already because I was taking everything off my plate. Like the key of working in business is real as a business owner is to build a well-oiled machine that runs itself without you running in the business. So I was already doing that, working with my business coach to get everything that I didn't need to be doing off my plate to double down on my strengths and now I say outsource or hire for my weaknesses, but at the time when I had employees, my weaknesses, the employees would take that on. So that's what I did. I started to build a team of virtual assistants. And I just think of it as a game, like to do as little as possible. And it's kind of like uh, your internet browser. I use Chrome and you know I use the pin tabs and I use pin tabs to the left as home base. And then I have the other bigger tabs going. And there's a lot of people, most people I know that have like 30 tabs tabs on their browser. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> uh, guilty. Yeah. So, probably more than 30, which is why my husband always yells at me. He's like, what are you doing? That No wonder your computer's slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it, it's Maybe. funny because what I do is, um, I don't know if you guys know, do you know about the, the pin tab in Google Chrome? No. As you said that, I'm like, okay, that's something I got to Google now. <laughs> So check it. You don't even got to Google it. So for the listeners and you guys, if you hover over your tab, because the way we're using this podcast is in Zencaster, so we can we have tabs versus Zoom. Just hover over it, then right click, and then you'll see options. You see duplicate, and then you see pin. Oh, you yeah. see those two? So duplicate, I love because it duplicates a tab exactly where you are. So sometimes you're working on things where you need a reference or whatever. So it just saves you a few clicks. But the pin 
what it does, it makes the tab about like, I don't know, like a 20th the size and it holds it to the left. So I think of the left as home base and I have my email, my calendar, my Google Drive and my CRM there. So that's my home base. Mm -hmm. And then the bigger tabs, like it's a game. I want to get rid of those big tabs. And when I delete them all or not delete them, but close them out, that's why I know I'm done working. So I use that philosophy for everything, right? Same thing with how I approach uh, business with virtual assistants. And it's, it's getting as much off my plate as possible because I don't need to be doing all the different things, right? in the CPA world, the what you need to be doing is working for your clients and doing the actual work, right? I'm not right. good with numbers. I have I had a roommate, one of my best friends who was a CPA. So I saw it firsthand and how his lifestyle was. I've had friends that are CPAs. I, I understand what you guys do, but I don't understand if that makes sense, <laughs> you know? But having said that, like for you both, obviously you're podcasters, right? So easy, call it cherry picking. Where are the easy areas? Well, audio editing, posting it to whoever your hosting site is, uploading it to your website, posting it to social media. You don't need to be doing any of that, right? So that's kind right. of the, the basis. And I'll pause there before getting into uh, the soul life balance type stuff. Yeah, there's a that's a great just background. And I just saw where you hit on a lot of stuff that we really try to have our clients hone in on, you know, building that foundation of of people that can help grow the business and whether that's employees or like you said, you're doing it in a different way. So whatever works for you, but you have to work on working yourself out of your job in a lot of ways as the owner of the business. As you start, like you said, find the things that you especially enjoy doing. I think that's a, a big part of it too, that you want to get up every morning and go to work. And, you know, as you continue to grow and get bigger, I think the more you can do that and delegate and fill in the gaps and find the people that do the work where you're not as strong or you don't enjoy doing that work, it really makes a huge difference as a business owner to do that. So I thought there was a lot of great things there. And like you said, using a business coach, advisors, people to help you not have to you know, kind of recreate the wheel and start from scratch, I think that can really propel a business forward much faster as well. So we definitely are proponents of that too. Absolutely. Yeah. And if, if you haven't checked out the Soul Seeker podcast, it's Sam's podcast and you need to go check it out because it's great. But another episode that I was listening to recently, I think it was last month, actually, that it was released was with Amy Vetter, who is another CPA that's kind of in our world of balance and CPA and this specific industry. Um, and that discussion was interesting because it was trying to find ways to feel fulfilled without giving up your professional life, right? Because I know you achieved a lot very young. So did Amy. And that actually reminded me of Katina as well, you know, as I was listening to that story, as far as she had got par partner, I think at her firm at 32. But it's one of those things where you expect to have one a goal that large, once you achieve that, you think, oh, when I get that, I'll be happy, I'll feel fulfilled, I'll be the most happy that I've ever been. And what Amy said that she realized was that that didn't happen. So mm -hmm. What do you see from people, or I guess, what is the best practice that you can recommend for people to kind of check in? Because we don't necessarily make time, I don't think, or as much time as we should to recognize totally. how fulfilled we are. 
Yeah, absolutely. That resonates a ton. That is my story of like getting all these achievements and successes and being like, oh, I thought I'd feel different. And, you know, there's a there's a big influencer. His name's Steve Weatherford, I think is his name, I want to say. But he was a Super Bowl champion, I think two time champion. Now he's like podcaster and entrepreneur and all this type of stuff. And he talks about like after winning the Super Bowl, how he'd feel different or he thought he'd feel different in the movie Soul Capsulate. Uh, encapsulates this i don't know it's i'm making up words i don't think that's right but anyways it is it well so well but the point is you you guys mentioned work-life balance at the jump and i've always been a big fan of work-life balance and i remember that being like a big thing that people were talking about even when i was in high school and mm -hmm. it was always positioned as something to achieve like a one day i'll have work-life balance and that's right. one problem that I see with work-life balance, as opposed to the reframe of work-life balance to soul-life balance, where we uh, realize that work is a part of the human experience and we put feeding our soul first and foremost daily. It becomes mm -hmm. a practice as opposed to a destination of one day I'll attain this. There's so many things I can hit on there, but the one I'd like to talk about a lot, which really is similar to what Amy Vetter talks about with the yin and yang of business and whatnot is soul life balance versus work life balance. If we look at it as the archetypal energies of yin and yang or the masculine and feminine, if you will, the masculine archetypal energy being yang and the feminine archetypal energy being yin. Well, when looking at work-life balance, both are in that yang and masculine energy that's about how you show up in the world, structure, doing, obligations, all these type of things. However, there's no time for the yin. There's no time for the soul. Yin represents being your soul, intuition, fluidity, all these sorts of things. So with work-life balance, we're missing the balance. There is no balance. It's just it's just an abundance of that mm -hmm. yang energy. So that's the reframe of soul life balance. And taking a step further, we put soul before life, right? Because that right now we are seeing more than ever that there's a mental health crisis. So much so that last month in July, whenever you're listening to this in July of 2022, I don't know if you guys know this, but they create a hotline number 988 so that if you're having suicidal ideation, you can just dial 988 and talk to someone immediately. I mean, I when I heard that, it was alarming a lot. I've always been yeah. a big proponent of mental health. One of my best friends in college hung himself while I was in the living room and, you know, the, dealt with that whole thing and processed that and mental has always been important and suicide. And yeah. many people saw this as being a great thing. However, I looked at it a little bit different and it was like, wow, that is alarming. And then I zoomed out a little bit more. I was like, wow, I never really thought about like that. The numbers nine one one, you know, I remember in reflection being a kid and learning about 911 and it's like oh wow the world's not safe you know and now our children are growing up in a world where if they aren't feeling like they want to be here anymore they can call 988 as great as that is that there's a resource for that it's disturbing and i believe yeah. that the practice yeah. of soul life balance is really going to help move us past all the mental health issues and improve our mental well-being as a collective consciousness. 
Yeah, I think that's a great, great thing to point out, because I think <clears throat> when you're talking about that, I look at, you know, if we're talking work-life balance and sometimes, and I know you're you're redefining that, which I think is good too, I think, because a lot of times in the life side of that, it becomes the to-dos of life, not the, you know, like you said, the feeding your soul, the stepping back in reflection, the you actually kind of have to look at too on a personal level, not just on a business level. What what do you want to do? What are you happy with? What are those kinds of things rather than just all the to-dos of life that are always battling with us as well? Just as, as the to-dos of a business owner, same thing. We got to kind of reflect on, on, like you're saying, that life and soul piece of things and, and really hone that in a little bit better because that's where we're going to find better, I don't know, better experience, right? (laughs) As a person, I guess, and not end up being one of those people that are like, why am I doing this? And having to call the 988 line or what have you. And I think also a great thing that you brought up is modeling that for the next generation and for people around us and our coworkers, our family, so that we can, you know, kind of use that. We've always looked at our business too as kind of changing the environment of this profession into something better for people and for generations to come. And I look at what you're doing too, is that can be a great tool also to kind of change and influence because I think we've maybe gone a little bit astray as a society and the things that we're focusing on for sure. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and that's like you said, Katina, I mean, a lot of us work even with our kids from home, especially during the summer, they're here and they're able to, to see us doing that, you know, after I'm done recording this podcast, I promised them if they're quiet, we get to go swimming in the pool. (laughs) Not just saying, oh, you know, you need to find something that makes you happy. You need to spend time with family, actually doing that and, and spending that quality time and focusing intentionally on what we're doing when we're doing it. Right. And another thing that I like that you said is acknowledging the journey, not just the destination, because myself included, it's, easy to get caught in those to-dos and making sure, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get here. I'm very goal-oriented. I'm very goal-focused. Like, that's my goal. That's where I want to get. And you kind of ignore some of the signs along your journey that maybe you should have paid attention to because you're so focused on that end goal. And I think totally. it's important for people to take a breath and acknowledge we're supposed to be enjoying the process, not just once we get here. Yeah, exactly. And breathing, you brought breathing, breathing is so huge. And before I got into yoga, like I didn't understand the power of breath. And then I did a 60 minute breath work journey, where it was just like myself and breathing in a facilitator where I felt reborn Mm -hmm. after and I mean, the power of our breath is nuts. And the majority of people in the world, not just America, not just the Western culture, don't intentionally take breaths during the day. We're always breathing subconsciously. We don't have to think about it, but it it can just be a few moments of box breathing, just inhaling, holding it on top and then letting go in a few minutes of that, that regulates the nervous system. And yeah, it's incredible. That is so important too, because I, I don't currently practice yoga, but I have done it in the past. And that's something that I've been cognizant of now since doing yoga, because Mm -hmm. I was sitting in the car the other day, taking my daughter to jujitsu, sitting at a stoplight. And I realized I was not breathe like I was such shallow breathing. And I was like, why am I feeling so anxious? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling stressed? And then I checked in with myself. 
And I was like, I haven't filled my lungs with air, like actually taken a breath. I don't even remember how long, you know? So just to sit there and the rest of the drive breathe, it's amazing how much that changes your mental capacity to even just deal with driving, you know, Mm -hmm. or reduce your stress in traffic or just the little things throughout the day that we can do to help with things like managing a business or managing a household. It's those small things that add up to, to big changes. And that's uh, how I think of soul life balance being a practice. When you put this into your being of, oh, I'm practicing soul life balance, you start to become more aware of little things like that. And you start to breathe more worries with work-life balance. You're like, oh, what am I going to do this weekend? Or what's my next vacation? You know, it's a future state. And the, oh man, I'm trying to blank right now, but the future is, you guys probably know this quote, the future is anxiety in the past is like, dwelling uh, i'll look it up afterwards but you know i mean you're not being present soul life balance yeah. present moment right yeah. so you mentioned breathing are there any other techniques that you recommend that people can kind of just check in with themselves and maybe start doing on a daily basis because it is mm-hmm. those long-term practices yeah, there's so many. And, you know, I've been going down the spiritual rabbit hole for the past few years. And for a while, I was blinders on just having content I was consuming in the relationships. Everything was just spirituality. And what I noticed doing a deep dive of the conscious community is most people within this community, quote, unquote, doing the work almost approach things as like a to-do list. It's like, oh, did I meditate? Check. Did I journal? Check. (laughs) Did I do my breath work? Check, check, check. Right. You know you're talking to accountants, right? That's what we do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's me. I've been the, I wrote a book called The Written Goal. And then I had to learn how to reestablish my relationship with goals and to-do lists and checklists. And, but so I totally understand it, you know, and For people listening, if you don't practice the normal stuff, whether it be intentional breaths, yoga, meditation, journaling, then all of those areas are a great place to start. I wouldn't say try to do them all. I would say pick one or two, see how it feels and commit to doing that for three days in a row or so, and then start to build it into your routine, maybe habit stacking and things like that. Going outside of that, as Megan mentioned earlier with the pool, like in being present with her kids, that is practicing soul life balance, just leaving your phone inside or maybe using an app like Boomerang to pause your inbox. So there's a million things that don't have to be like quote unquote woo or spirituality. It could just be like personal development stuff, you know, just bring it back to the basics. Right now, at the time of the recording, we're in the heat of summer. Finally, the sun's been out consistently here in Santa Cruz because we get a lot of Indian summer and just like fog during the actual summer. But it doesn't matter me in the winter, California guy, I'm walking around the neighborhood without my shoes on, taking my dogs to the beach. I understand people in Michigan or other places or cities like New York, you can't necessarily do that. But right now, as long as we do have this good weather, definitely go and practice grounding and earthing with walking around being connected to the earth and maybe even try to feel the heartbeat of the earth. If you want to go a little bit deeper and a little bit, woo, hug a tree, you know, any of this type of stuff. <laughs> But 
uh, some other more difficult practices that I don't do a lot, but yesterday morning I did a cold plunge in the ocean and I have so many friends that do ice baths for three minutes at 33 degrees daily. And then they do sauna therapy afterwards. So there's, there's so many different ways to really go within. And this is just like, um, these are just a few ideas. My book, Soul Life Balance, is all about the different tools and tactics you can use. Another one I talk about a lot is the practice of IFS. It's internal family systems. It's a little bit newer of a psychotherapy tool. It was developed in the 1980s. And the idea is we all have voices in our head. And I remember being in high school, I was a metalhead and there was these shirts at Hot Topic that said, I hear voices in my head. And the idea was like, <laughs> oh, you're weird and different. But the truth is we all have these voices. And with meditation, most forms of meditation teach us to hear the thought then notice it as a thought, then let it drift by. Whereas in the practice with internal family systems is giving that thought a voice and a name and hearing it out, seeing what it wants to say. And most of the times it just, that thought, that voice wants to be seen, witnessed and heard. And then after hearing it and processing it, then it starts to soften. So the practice like internal family systems and thought tracing really is a good way to clear the mind on a more consistent basis in and outside of meditation. I've been hearing a lot about the ice bath and sauna yeah. and the benefits of that. Part of it, I listen to Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> I know he's a big proponent of that, but part of that too, like I know the the physical benefits of it, but there, what I've read too is that there's mental benefits of doing something challenging and working your way up to that. And I don't do the ice bath. I try to do the cold water in the shower after I'm done and yeah. sit there <laughs> and it's miserable, but it's yeah. supposed to be really good for building up resilience and making yourself do the hard things that aren't so fun little by little, you know, and you can just build up your tolerance to those things so that you just know it's part of your day. It's going to kind of stink, but you get it done and it, it helps your brain kind of get over the fact that you have to do hard things too. Yeah. And I will say too, the first time I ever did ice bath, I actually did it at Laird Hamilton's house and Laird Hamilton, for anyone that doesn't know, he's a famous surfer, like as he's him and Kelly Slater, like the big names. And he's been one of the proponents uh, early on for ice baths and things like that. So I was sitting there in the ice bath and Laird was walking me through it. And to speak to the power of your mental fortitude, I was literally thinking, this is the only way I can impress Laird and <laughs> an impression of him because I'm not going to do it through surfing or literally yeah anything else. And my buddy, Justin Wren, shout out to him. He's been on Rogan's podcast eight times. He was uh, saying, like pumping me up and telling Laird it was my first time and I wasn't saying anything. I was just meditating, going within. <laughs> and I didn't uh, like wince or anything. And the funny thing is yesterday, I cold plunged in the ocean with my friend and you know, the ocean's what, like in the fifties or 60 degrees. So it's versus yeah. a 33 degree ice bath. And I was like, oh, this is so cold, cold. Because <laughs> Now when I do ice baths, like it's always, not always, but it's really hard. But the one time, like I was like, oh, I want to make an impression. That's the power of the mind, right? I was able yep. to surrender because I was so focused on that. And also this is kind of in the same vein. 
I got into triathlons in 2015 and mm -hmm. yeah, I live in California, but I was waking up at 5.30 a.m. in January and swimming in an outdoor pool by 6 a.m. in January. It, yes, it's California, but still. So I was still dark cold. out. Yeah. And it's dark out and it's early on top of being cold. So the whole time I was swimming, I was just saying over and over in my head, successful people do the things unsuccessful people don't like to do. And it's a mouthful, but I just kept saying that mantra over and over and over again. So yeah, there's other ways outside ice baths, but I definitely recommend trying the cold and hot therapy if you guys haven't already. Yeah. But that's a great point too. Working out, that can be your hard that like pick your hard thing. And it doesn't have to be, you know, your whole day is just full of hard challenges that stink but you know pick the thing and that's another recommendation that i've heard too is get it over with early in the morning so that you know you can do it you prove to yourself that you got your hard thing done and now you can tackle the day yep uh, establish that mindset of accomplishment too early in the morning especially if you're doing the thing that's like you know like you said working out maybe is the hard thing or you know whatever that is too it helps get that kind of I don't know, set for the day, your mindset for the day to be in a positive way, I think, too. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And that's almost like the one thing concept, right? And how we approach work, like what's the one thing you need to accomplish? And if you get that mm -hmm. one thing done versus like a task list of a million things, which don't get me wrong, I have my notepad here with it's already it's 10 a.m. at this time. And I already have like six things on my task list. So, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's easy. Well, and that's the thing too. It's it's easy to say, but harder to actually do and harder to practice. And it takes daily will and fortitude, I guess, discipline. I don't know what the right word is, but it's not easy, right? And we have to make the decision every single day to do it. It's not like, oh, we've achieved our goal. Now we can quit doing it because we lose those, you know, you quit working out, you're going to gain weight again. Like, <laughs> It's not just something that you achieve. It's a part of your life that you weave in. Megan, you're so right because I came up with this uh, this concept of soul life balance in an ayahuasca ceremony in 2019. And around 2020, the fall, I was leading weekly calls for about three months or so about soul life balance and checking in with people and things like that. And I knew I was going to write a book. And in 2018, I wrote three books in a year. So wow. there's no, yeah, I mean, I can pump it out because I like to write and I have that type of discipline, and all the other things. But I just had this inner voice kind of telling me it wasn't time yet. And I would get down on myself too. Like I was like, who am I to talk about soul life balance when I don't even have soul life balance? And it was around that time when I was battling with that inner voice when the light bulb went off and I was like, well, that is the practice of soul life balance because I was so mm -hmm. programmed and conditioned with the the idea of work-life balance that I'm going to attain that like, oh, one day I will have soul life balance, but soul life balance, like the practice of that is actually being here in the moment, being like, oh, I'm off, you know, right. okay, I'm going to sit in this offness, figure out what's going on. And that right there is the practice. That's all it is. You know, it's just being present. Yeah. So I know we're coming up on our time here. I could probably talk to you all day about this stuff. I enjoy this stuff. But as we wrap up, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with as like an important check-in or one tip that you could leave people with? 
Yeah, I would say find one thing you can do to quote unquote feed your soul in the day. And a good way to practice this is wake up and before just popping out of bed, hitting your alarm, if you use an alarm or just whatever, just pause right there and ask yourself, what do I need in this moment? Or, or maybe what do I need today? And make a commitment to yourself to do something that lights you up. And Obviously, we're not talking about like going out to a concert or Disneyland with your kids <laughs> or whatever, like to give yourself grace and realize where you're at. And sometimes the simple things are the most epic things. So it doesn't need to be anything grandiose, but just do that simple check in. And as you do that, you're going to be able to start to do that moment to moment. I spoke recently at a event and I said something about feeding your soul moment to moment. And because I've been so deep down the rabbit hole with like a spiritual community and things like that, like it, that resonates with people like that. They need to go from feeding their soul daily to moment to moment. But it, it was kind of an eye opening moment when someone came up to me afterwards and told her how powerful that was. And she goes, I don't even do that on a daily basis. And then that's what I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. People just need to start doing that daily. Not, not right. everyone's ready for moment to moment yet. <laughs> so Baby steps. A, yeah, exactly. And for some people it could be once a week. And I mean, if it, to be honest, if it's once a week that you're checking in with yourself, then it's like not checking in yourself, but doing something for your soul. You're probably thinking of things that are too big, right? Because there should, there not should, but there is a way to feed your soul daily and you know if you're starting to feel like oh i can't do this because xyz then that's your medicine right there to sit in the in the discomfort and that's how you're feeding your soul yeah got it a couple i had a couple thoughts just at the end here too that i'm going through this discussion is is kind of brought to the surface but i think like you were saying the things we need to keep in mind that really the things that we do daily are the most important things i think like you said we get this mindset of and i don't know if that's upbringing society whatever it is but like reaching that goal reaching that goal which goals are great there's nothing wrong with goals but it's the things that we do daily that really have the most impact on our lives, on our businesses, et cetera. So really focusing on those daily habits and building that up. And the other thing that kind of goes along with that, that I really kind of took out of this is construct your journey, not just your goals, right? So construct your journey of what that daily thing is going to look like for you and build it up slowly. I'm not saying, like you said, don't want to make this giant list that you stick to for three days and then you're like, I can't do this, but going slowly and making those changes. So I think, you know, just like you were saying, constructing that journey, you know, with goals still in mind and things like that, but you want to enjoy the journey and not get to your goal and this be like, okay, now what? I don't really feel like I'm living the life that I wanted to live, but really focusing on that journey as you go to. 100%. Perfect. Well, we will put all of the links to, I know we referenced some episodes of Soul Seeker. Uh, we have your website. We have your book, Soul Life Balance. We'll link to all of those in the show notes for this episode, which can be found at pjscpas.com forward slash 103. Thank you again so much, Sam. We appreciate your time and, and sharing all of your insight with our community. Thank you both. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Katina. I appreciate you so much uh, for how you're showing up in the world, for having me on the podcast. And thank you so much. Awesome. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. 
If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.